In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When I was getting out of college, I had a friend who was a hydrology major, one of the nicest people you'd ever want to know, would give you the shirt off his back, just a really generous person. But as the senior, senior year of college was coming to an end, his family, there were some significant problems in his family, and uh, instead of helping him through this difficult time, his girlfriend broke up with him, and then he graduated, and he was trying to find a job, and he kept getting rejected and rejected, and he all of a sudden went from being pretty happy-go-lucky, generous kind of person to feeling very depressed and anxious and not sure what he was going to do or what his future was going to hold. So it, kind of out of desperation, he joined the Peace Corps and he went to Guatemala. And he lived with a family in Guatemala. And he didn't really speak Spanish at the time and he was sort of learning it, but again, he was depressed, so he's making a half-hearted attempt. But every night, he would come home from the work that he did, which he worked on the hydrology, some hydrology place to try to find out how to get clean water to this village in a rural part of the country. So he would come home late, and the family had already eaten dinner, and they would have a beautiful plate of dinner set up for him, and they would put it in his room. But he wasn't feeling really hungry because he was, again, depressed and moody, and so he eat a little bit of it, and it was a different kind of food, and he wasn't really happy with it. And then he would just let it sit there, and flies would be buzzing around, and eventually somebody would come and take it away. Well, one day he saw that there were kids, like, silently waiting outside of his room, and he wasn't quite sure what that was about. And so he kind of watched them, and they came in, and they got the plate, and the, the kids would just fall on the food and just eat it, like it, like like my dachshund who inhales her food. You know, that's the kind of thing that dog does. But, I mean, they would just inhale this food. And he didn't quite get it. And then he started making, paying very careful attention to what was going on. And he would see people come to the house bringing food. And then he noticed that what people brought to the house was being prepared and put on this plate and then brought to his room. And then he began to put it all together that the people in this village were incredibly poor. And the family that he lived with could not create a dinner plate of food for him. And so the whole village had kind of banded together and they figured out who was going to bring food when and when it was going to come. And they were providing this young man with a plate of food that all of them were sacrificing to give. And when he finally put all the pieces together and realized this, his, his heart just grew. All of a sudden, his depression lifted, and he, he felt so cared for by this unbelievable display of generosity from people who had next to nothing. And it changed and transformed his life. And, and he continued to do the work that he was called to do, but he also began to share. So he would invite the kids in to have dinner with him. And then he would kind of partial out the meal that he had been given. He never came back to the United States. He ended up living in Guatemala, working amongst the people, because the level of compassion and generosity overwhelmed him and changed him forever. We see that in the gospel today. 
I mean, we've all kind of been there, right? Have you invited people over? You go and maybe you buy some beef tenderloin. It's expensive, but you know, they're good friends and you want to entertain. And then they call you up and they say, well, I have these house guests staying. Is it okay if we bring four or five more people? Like, ah! You know, and you're in the kitchen slicing up the pieces of me going, this just isn't going to work and what are we going to do? And it's, it's like a little bit of panic. We've all kind of been there. How do we stretch this out? What do we do? And the disciples went to Jesus and they said, tell these people to go away. We've got five loaves and two fish. And as we heard, there were 5,000 men. And of course, there were women and children there too. That always upset me. So there's probably 10,000 people, right? I mean, if you're looking at 5,000 men, there's at least five, maybe 5,000 women, who knows? But, you know, at least 10,000 people. So five loaves and two fishes won't feed 12 hungry men, the 12 disciples, and heaven forbid any people that they had traveling with them. So, it, you know, of course, Jesus, send them away. Let them fend for themselves. Get them out of here. What are we going to do? And that would have been an easy choice. But no, Jesus takes this measly amount of food and tells everyone, sit down. And you can picture a huge field, huge field. And I've been there in, in Israel. It's called, there's a church called the Loaves and the Fishes. And there's a huge meadow there. And, it, and it's sort of concave. And, and if you stand at a certain point, you can hear yourself speak through this big, big meadow. So they said, well, that's how Jesus spoke to the crowd. But you can see all these people crowded, sitting down in the grass, and Jesus taking this small, teeny amount of food and offering it up to God and giving it away. What little food the disciples had, Jesus gave it away. But then we hear the most astonishing thing is that there was uh, more than enough for everybody, and there were 12 baskets left over. Now, how does that happen? So we always want to know how, right? Was it magic? Well, in my experience, God doesn't work using magic. But somehow, food appeared and people were fed because the initial action was to give away what they had. And in that very generous, loving, compassionate action, something happened. And all of a sudden, people were fed, and there were leftovers. And that this tells us that through this compassionate giving and sharing, there's the ability for everyone to be fed. It's an amazing, amazing event that occurred after Jesus healed the people in the crowd. It's kind of what happened to my friend. He was healed through this generous action. And when we're healed and we have received, then we are able to give. Amazing story. The ten, feeding of the 10,000 is the way I like to think of it. We need each other. We need those generous, loving, compassionate gestures. And they come when we're connected to Jesus, because that's what Jesus did. Generous, loving, compassionate gestures to the crowd, which in turn healed and swelled the heart of those who then in turn were able to reach out and give generous, compassionate gestures to everyone else. We need each other 
We need community. It's probably the most important thing that we have. I, I had to work in my Tough mutter experience, right? So how do you work in an obstacle course into the feeding of the 5,000? Well, here's, here's the way I'm doing it, right? It's all about community. So as some of you know, or many of you know, you've been following my progress, I went and did this 10-mile obstacle course, 25 obstacles, 10 miles. And I did it with my youngest son and his girlfriend and my husband. And it's a course that's put together by British Special Forces. And it was on a ski area in Wisconsin. And then it went from the ski area onto a golf course. All kinds of obstacles. It's designed so that probably only the very top Special Forces trained people can make it through by, without help. It's designed so that you cannot make it through without help. And it's not about winning or getting the best possible time. It's about making it. And the only way you can make it is if you accept help from other people. Now, I am used to being the helper, not the helpee. But let me give you some statistics. 80% of the 5,000, and there were 5,000, someone said, there's a connection. That's enough, right, 5,000. So 80% of the 5,000 people who were there are men in their 20s and 30s. 20% are women. And out of the 5,000, there were 20 women over 50. It was not the oldest. There was one woman, 59, no one in their 60s. And you, you run up a ski area. That's how you start. And the first thing is bales of hay, 6 feet tall. Well, I could scramble over that. The next one is bales of hay, 12 feet tall. And I'm looking at it going, <sighs> I'm 5'3". You know, and there's no footholds or anything. And so the, the first thing you have to realize is, well, how do you even do this? Well, you run up to the bales of hay and you stick your hands up and these big young men, they pull you up, you know, like a fish out of the water, flap you over on the other side. It's like, whoa, you know, and, and that just kept happening. And probably the worst moment for me was crawling in the mud under barbed wire. Just having seen a guy getting first aid at the beginning of this this bar, at the end of the barbed wire, you could see him over there, and, and I'm worried I'm going to have the barbed wire scrape my back, and I turn my head, and there's this young man next to me, he goes, don't worry, I got your back. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he goes, I'll tell you if you get close to the barbed wire. I'm like, okay. And I was going very slowly, and he's, he slowed his crawl down to mine, and we got to the end of it. I mean, just, you couldn't even tell I had clothes on. I was so chock full of mud, and I get down to the end, he gets up and he comes around and he reaches his hand to me and, and pulls me up. It was an entire 10 miles of being helped by other people. I couldn't help anybody. Are you kidding me? I could barely walk at the end. You know, it's like I, I'm not used to not helping people. It was, but it was something to be helped by strangers. And people would sit on top of a 12-foot fence and help people up and over, and then they would move on, and then other people would go up and sit and help people over. And, it was the most communal feeling with people I'd never met before, probably will never see again in my life. The camaraderie was unbelievable. And if somebody was struggling and they would make it, the whole crowd who happened to be around that obstacle would just cheer. What an amazing sense of community and generosity and, and love. And that, I think, is why this event is so popular. Bless you. Why this event is so popular is because it's not about the individual, it's about the community. And people were running 
who are doing this obstacle course to raise money for wounded warriors, which I was doing but never really got my act together because my dad's death. So, But um, we, we did raise some money, and um, we ran for my son's buddy who was killed in um, Afghanistan. And so young men had KIA killed in action in the name of the person and the dates, and it was very moving. And that's why everybody was there. But it was fun as well. But the most community thing, and I thought, what a metaphor for life. And I'm finishing up here, just in case you're wondering. It's getting hot. But what a metaphor for life, this obstacle course. It's like, OK, sometimes you know we're struggling uphill, and we're, uh, there was some heavy-duty hills, and we're struggling uphill, and people will encourage you, talk to you. You can do it. You can do it. Then you're, then you're having fun running down the hill. It's like life. And then all of a sudden, there's an obstacle in front of you, and you think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this event in my life? And then there's hands reaching down for you, pulling you up and over, because you have a community. And then sometimes you're just running through the sunshine in the woods going, wow, life is great. But then you round a corner, and you have to run through fire that's coming up on both sides. And it's hot, and it's smoky, and you can barely breathe, and you think, I can't stand this. But the obstacle course of life can be navigated when we're surrounded by a community that understands the love and compassion of Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us in the most incredible way so that we, too, could love one another.